Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to another installment of Pod Deucer. This week on the show, we got Stir Fry. He has an album coming out July 20th, 2018. In this episode, we talk about tons of stuff, Tuvin throat singing, his sister Sunshine. They have a project together. She's a vocalist. I also want to take this time to just introduce my new co-host. His name is Gary. Give it up for Gary, guys. Thank you. Hello. It is great to be here. Gary, I am thrilled to have you on the show. It is my pleasure. You know, I've been doing this all alone for a while, and it's just nice to have someone else helping me out. I love you. Oh, Gary, stop it. All right, well, that's enough of that. He'll chime in from time to time. If anybody wants to contact me, the email is podducerofficial at gmail.com. That's podducerofficial at gmail.com. I took a little break for a while, had to figure out some stuff in my life, but now I'm back and we're doing it. that you play sax and you play violin mm-hmm. which one did yeah. you play first uh violin is the one i started on and i i played that since i was two wow then i played saxophone when i was like 14 i joined the band and so i've been playing that for about like eight years or so i don't i don't know i'm too lazy to do math right now but <laughs> uh and then yeah, I mean, violin's pretty much... Like, I was learning that one when I was learning to, like, talk and stuff. So, and, are your parents musical? They are, and they really wanted me to be musical when I was, like, growing up. And so they gave me private lessons with people that taught me things. And it's it was great. I mean, bless them for that. Because, uh, well, one thing that it did that's super interesting, playing the violin that early, I got perfect pitch for four notes out of the seven note Mm. spectrum i guess g d a and e from are the strings of a violin and i can kind of always recall exactly that those four perfect pitches and then the rest of them are like i can't (laughs) um but i can do relative pitch to get the rest of them so basically you know if I hear something out, I can pretty much tell you what pitch it is just based on the four notes and figuring out from there. Do you think that that helps you a lot in the music making process, like specifically songwriting or? Yeah. I mean, I can pull pitches out of the air, you know, and, and be able to basically play along with them. I mean, that theory part though is, 
like the theory side of it isn't really as necessary, but playing by ear and having an ear for music is the most important thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm not musically trained, but I feel like I have an ear for what is catchy and like what I don't know. Yeah. It is gonna sound good without it's more just intuitive, but it sounds like yours is very objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like a I, I pretty much consistently improv. Like that's the main thing that I've been doing for like ten years. Every day I I do some sort of improv on some sort of instrument. I work on basically just thinking on my feet. I really love playing with people, but I really don't care to use charts or anything like that. In fact, I think it's kind of fun to like just jump in and see if I can keep up because it's it's crazy how how much you can predict about chord progressions in music uh, if you get good enough at improv. Sometimes I'll follow really complicated progressions perfectly without ever hearing them before just because I I had the intuition to like follow kind of just how things were going, like the voice leadings. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> Dude, it's just crazy. I mean, like, you know, there's so many people that make electronic music. I don't think that most of them have the skill set that you have. Did you play in bands with other people? Or like school bands? Yeah, I actually still play with bands um, a lot. The main performance that I'm focusing on right now is with five or six other artists, and it's like a giant band slash rap slash electronic show. Um, And I'm working with my sister, who's a vocalist, an amazing vocalist, actually. And it really, actually, I want to talk about my sister for a second. Is that cool? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. She is awesome. And she doesn't really have like, she doesn't like produce or anything. So she's never had been able to get her talent onto a tangible medium, but she is amazing. She's a vocalist. Uh, and I do a lot of music with her and we've actually been working on an album for a little over two years now. She's awesome. Shout out sunshine. sister older or younger than you um she is two years younger than me gotcha so are you the oldest yeah um it's just me and her 
Uh, my mom was a country music singer, actually a, a famous one. She was a member of Dave and Sugar, and they were signed to RCA for a bunch of years. They had a couple number one hits um, for the country charts in the 70s. And then actually the uh, the lead singer, Dave, out of Dave and Sugar, got dropped and they signed my, my mom as a solo artist. And so they kept that career going for, for a while, but then she actually lost her voice and so... Uh, she couldn't really go on tour anymore, and so then she settled down and had kids, and you know, that's how it happened. <laughs> so, how did you start getting into electronic music? I know you've been playing instruments for a long time, but when did you pick up a DAW and start producing? Uh, well, I knew, I mean, okay, so right at the beginning of college right right at the end of high school um i started listening to a lot of like dubstep drum and bass i loved drum and bass the first exposure i ever had to electronic music i was pretty young i was like eight i was i was actually like asleep and i remember waking up and my radio was on and for some reason on the radio it was like just the sickest drum and bass ever and it was like the first time I'd ever heard that, like anything like that, you know, I'd never even really heard digital like music. I only heard, you know, the country and bluegrass and mm-hmm. rock and roll and traditional music. So yeah, that totally blew my mind. And I, I actually woke up in the night because of it. I don't know. I just, I was like, and I couldn't get back to sleep. I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And I listened to it for like several hours. But anyway, so skipping forward a little bit, listened to a lot of stuff in high school and then started going to shows. And of course, you know, like one of the first ones I went to was like bass nectar back in the day. And, you know, he was crazy. You know, he had the, the wildest speaker set up and visual show around and kind of made me realize, Oh, this is cool. I'd, I'd like to DJ. You know, I feel like that's something that a lot of producers go through is like they go to a nectar show and then immediately they're like, I'm a DJ. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah. There's so many people that specifically bass nectar has influenced. Yeah. So I started DJing a bunch and then eventually I, you know, made the natural transition into producing and I didn't know what doll I wanted. And I just chose Ableton randomly. Turned out I made the best possible decision uh, because I mean, yeah, the workflow on Ableton is like, amazing and i've i've used all the other daws a fair bit and i and i know them pretty well and i still just it's it's not even close to ableton for me when was your first big release or like when was the first time that you got some recognition the first one was i released this sick freaking uh i'm scrolling down to it right now to look at it on like my private or like on soundcloud mm-hmm. um I released a remix of the Luigi's Mansion theme song called Luigi's Trap House. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Whoa! 
It was just, I don't know, like I just, it, it just like, came out really good. I used like the Lex Luger trap kit and like, you know, just like basic beat stuff. Threw it on top of, uh, of the theme and released it and then it just blew up. And it was, I was like, you know, at that point I didn't expect to blow up. I was just throwing stuff out there like, yeah, and then I was like, oh my god, like, if I can do that, then I can definitely release something that's, like, actually worth, uh, well, I mean, that one's worth a listen, but it, it's like, the statement it makes is kind of novel. views i would do crazy novel stuff just silly stuff like remixes of memes and things like that and some of them were actually pretty successful but then i was like all right i'm gonna make a uh, an ep and the reason why i decided that is because i released uh some track with this collective called trap sounds mm-hmm. uh and it got like it got accepted like I started submitting my music. I didn't expect anything from it, but then once I got one, I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, like this is this is awesome. Okay, I can really, you know, it was just yet another thing that encouraged me to continue uh, focusing more on the art aspect of it, and less uh, the novelty of it. You've released with Crown Collective, Lush Selects, Misk. I can't read my handwriting. Zen Supremacy. Uh, I mean, how long did that take to build? That was just, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know, like a couple of years, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I've been friends with those guys for a while, like the people who, who run them. Um, the first one I really talked to was, was, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Yarna? J A R N E, Crown Collective. Uh, okay. I sent them a bunch of my stuff and they they were like super heavy into it. But I didn't start sending that stuff out to uh, a lot of places until um, after my first EP and a couple originals just because I didn't really know like the scene at all. I couldn't find, I didn't know the people on SoundCloud, you know. I only released, to, or I only sent my music out to these big, huge like trap collectives and those were like never going to accept my stuff. Yeah. It's hard it's hard for me to promote my music or like uh because of the nature of it because it's like always different and like a bunch of things put together and you know stir fry that's kind of like the right. idea of it. Yeah. No, it's um, great. I love it. You uh draw a lot of inspiration from stuff that's nostalgic to me like Crash Bandicoot with that like Aku Aku mask. i mean spongebob you throw in samples one of your songs has like pc principle i mean that's oh yeah that's not nostalgic (laughs) but that's just funny has that influenced the way that you make your music i i love i was in love with those games when i was young i was in love with them uh after i started finding the sounds again you know i fell right back in love with them Mm -hmm. makes other people have nostalgia and if you don't have nostalgia, the sounds still like are really good. You know, they sound really unique and cool. 
And it's not just like crap you're going to find on like, you know, splice. Well, I mean, I'm not dog and splice. It's actually pretty good, but, mm. um, basically like I tried to seek out sounds that nobody else used or, or used commonly, you know, that was just part of my kind of mantra to just be as unique as I possibly can. Yeah. And just like just throw it all together, throw it all together, see what comes out. So one of the things we do on the show normally is I play songs and we go over them and then I kind of like sneak them in. I mean, are there any songs that you want to highlight in this episode? Yeah, I mean, I got a, a couple here, but I want to know what you are feeling right now. Are you feeling something hype or chill? I want it all. You know, I don't care. Oh, okay. Um, in that case, let's go for... Uh, you know what? I'll start with a hype one. Okay. I'm going to start with a, a crazy one that I'm working on with my buddy uh, Chaka and Bonima. Yeah, dude. I I uh, did a interview with Bonima. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah shout out to, to all the Misk crew. Misk is... I talk to them almost every single day. They're... I mean, they're very uh, vital to my success just because they've always been there to support me and like talk to me about whatever and uh we all help each other make music and it's a really good community that's awesome never met each other actually and it's crazy how many good songs we've made uh me and aaron or i mean uh me and uh juan who is chaka Hmm. Uh, and then aaron actually we made a couple too it's it's just crazy how quickly they've all come together and the fact we've never seen each other before i know yeah isn't that so funny nowadays you just send like half a song to someone and then you make some fucking cool song out of it and you don't even know them really yeah are you talking about i quit with jock or are you talking about a new one this okay well no this one this one's brand new um i quit is awesome i love i quit yeah that's the loudest track i've never been able to make anything that loud again It's called heavy wages because it's in your face and heavy. Super huge. (laughs) Yeah. And then I threw that uh, the boxing bell in the beginning. Uh, Uh, No, no, it just kind of works. Yeah, yeah, no, it does.
when are you planning on releasing this one? I'm thinking probably within the next month. Do you do a lot of promo? Like, is that a part of, you know, gathering the following? I mean, promo, like, really, uh, a lot of my promo is just people who believe in it and, like, share it, you know? And um, I'm really thankful to have, like, a group of people that can, that, that like, like my shit that much. You know, I sometimes send it out on, like, Facebook and uh, I send it out on, you know, my social media. I have a couple friends who occasionally help me uh, find collectives interested, and a lot of my followers have come from uh, uh, from Jadu Dalla. Oh yeah, they're huge, and like as soon as I released with them, it, they just started flooding in like crazy, and um, that was with Aesthetic Lobster. I can actually play that if you want. Oh yeah, no, that one's fucking crazy. Let's play that one. Okay, and I actually have a fun little, uh, basically the original version has something on the intro that I took out because of copyright reasons, but um, in a format on like your show, I don't think it's <laughs> a big deal at all. For copyright purposes, I decided to add a little bit of Bit Crush. You're doing great. Good job. Nice work. So why is that one called Aesthetic Lobster? Uh, 
I really don't know. It just hit me one day. I just wanted it. There was so many different like vibes going on, like different environments acoustically, sonically, uh, like even even just the, the the mood. Just it all switched up so many times that you know, like switched aesthetics, and I don't know. It's just it's like an aesthetic anomaly. And a lobster is pretty noticeable, so it's an anomaly. And, and if you're looking at like, you know, a blank surface, it's pretty easy to tell when there's a lobster in the room. You're like, oh, that's a lobster. I don't know. I'm I'm weird, but basically, uh, you know, because it sounded cool. <laughs> yeah. What what uh instruments are in this? Or like, what are some of your go-to instruments? So my go-to of all time is definitely the the Rhodes uh, instrument on like on Ableton, just like the the stock one. Because mm-hmm. I love programming keys. I can't really play piano very well, but I can program keys like crazy, crazy good. Uh, it's like perfect between what I hear in my head and like what I can put on Ableton. And so I'm able to like just draw stuff out pretty much with a mouse and, and make it work. So I do a lot of that. I do a lot of uh, saxophone, of course, violin. Mm-hmm. Do when I was in college, I had access to a lot of really cool pieces of gear that I never would have had otherwise. So I use some of that, like an ARP twenty six hundred. It's a uh, it's from the seventies. There's only like a handful of them that still exist, uh, and the one I used is actually ne- not even available anymore. It's totally toast. Hmm. So. I have some like one of a kind, super long synth sessions. I have like probably three or four hours worth of just like noodling. So that's a lot of the stuff on uh, that song. And then also the sauce has a lot of uh, that arp in it. inspired by other people's sounds and try to recreate a sound that they made honestly not a whole lot i usually get inspired by like the entire vision of a track uh less the sounds that are used i guess like I'm, i don't actually ever really use reference tracks i probably should more often but like when i'm mastering and stuff i, I kind of want like the music to take me to that point by itself i guess like a lot of the tracks that i have if i were to master them like a regular master then they wouldn't sound very good you know Mm. yeah do you feed into that whole loudness wars thing like obviously you you want it to be loud you know enough for someone (laughs) to hear I i have a weird relationship with that sort of idea because like you know as a musician obviously i need to have dynamics and i need to be able to have that like type of expression but then as a like a electronic music junkie 
I I love the, the distorted clipping, like mm. super smash, like nonsense. If you're DJing and you have a track that's just like not as loud, I mean, you can obviously like just add gain to it, but I mean, do you find that that's ever like a problem? You're like, oh, this song, I don't know if I want to play it because it's just like doesn't hit as hard. I, I think about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and often my tracks do end up kind of wonky, kind of lopsided or just missing certain frequencies that other people don't have a problem putting in there. Uh, and then it's just something that it's just my art style, my, my process, my creative process often involves like really, really messed up crap. Just like screwing with stuff the way it shouldn't be screwed with a lot of automation on parameters that you wouldn't think to automate mm -hmm. a lot of resampling and like reprocessing and that kind of thing. Yeah. So how does it normally go? Is there a certain time of the day that you make music? Is there like something you start with normally? Like I literally, literally make music all day, like every day in some way, whether that's being on Ableton itself, which I do for like over an hour a day usually. Um, even if it like cuts into my sleep time, I'll try to do an hour a day of that. Uh, or like playing instruments. I'll, if I'm not, if I'm like, doing like running audio somewhere then I'll, I'll just whistle constantly and like be tapping something out or like thinking of chord progressions in my head and it, it's literally just like it's everything for me do you ever need a break no <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't want a break yeah wow that's that's great dude that's fucking ideal <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely i don't know i i just want to create things that outlive me and that make statements about the world as as I see it. Do you think that since your parents were musicians, it's just something that was instilled in you when you were really young? I think I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was raised to be a musician, and that's what I am, and that's what I always want to be. And I got. I definitely have to thank them for that because it's. Um, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse because I could I could have maybe been a doctor or something like I could totally be a doctor if I wanted to be, but. That's so boring and stupid. You think? Why do you think you specifically would be good as a doctor? Well, I'm I'm pretty analytical. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a quick learner. Mm -hmm. I feel like I could do literally anything I want. Like, I want to do music really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, fucking, you got it, man. I want to transition a little bit. I don't know. I've never really done this portion of the show, but... I went on your Twitter and I dug up some posts that you made. And I kind of oh, no. want to get your reaction from them. Oh, no. why? <laughs> Let's see. What do I got here? 
Oh, okay. So this kind of goes back to um, what we were talking about with like loudness. You said it makes me laugh when people point out clipping in a track. If my track is clipping, you better believe it's on purpose. That goes back to what I was saying earlier about like if I'm gonna cl- make a clip, I'm gonna go super hard and ridiculous, and then otherwise I'm gonna I'm pretty good at you know keeping everything nice and pleasant. Yeah. So you also said that the only way to win with music is to work as a team. Would you rather make a track on your own or would you rather collaborate? Uh, I think that that sort of was more directed towards after the music is made, you know, kind of getting it out there and stuff like that. Um, I I usually actually wind up making originals and stuff myself Mm. because my workflow is so wonky that it's difficult to be able to work with a lot of people. But like the point with that tweet was that you can't really be successful if you don't help your friends be successful. Uh, And that's just because, I mean, nowadays there are so many people on this earth that want to do the same thing you do. Right, yeah. I think it's always been sort of like that. People have more ability to just go make me, like anyone can make music now. That doesn't mean Uh, that everyone's good at it. (laughs) And I mean, and and it even goes farther, like deeper when it comes to uh, music, when you're playing it, like with, with a band, you know, like being a, being a violinist and a saxophonist, I'm, I'm pretty good by myself, but when I have people playing with me, you know, that's when Mm. those instruments really shine. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're in a band and some, like you're soloing or something and everyone else is kind of just like keeping time and like playing, you know, not too intrusively so you can do your thing. And then when you wrap it up, Oh, and we're back to like the main, whatever. Mm-hmm. You got to be listening and like working together to make that song happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a team effort. Yeah. Everything music is a team effort. So you also said I thought it was impossible to do a sax solo on top of rhythm dubstep, but I just proved myself wrong. That was swollen woke. <laughs> is that a song that's on your page? Yes, yeah, it's called swollen woke. <laughs> Yeah, this track was just craziness. Um, I make rhythm sometimes. I love rhythm. It's so fun, and it gets a terrible rap because a lot of it's 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 considered lazy, I guess, and I can see why. But I think true rhythm is repetitive uh, music that is slightly different at all times. So it's like consistently different, but it finds its beauty from from repetition and evolution. So I released that. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so different from my other stuff. 
do you ever think about that like oh i need to sit down and make this kind of song or do you just you just kind of let the song like take you to wherever it's gonna go i often let it take me yeah yeah it's it's more fun that way yeah are there any genres that are out there that you're like really excited about like are you like a big nightcore fan (laughs) (laughs) nightcore oh god hold on i gotta wait for this thing to stop ringing sure is that your home phone? I got a landline, yeah. Dope. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, anyway, so what, we, what was the question again? Could you, could you ask that one more time? You asked if I was a Nightcore fan. No, oh, I mean, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have a bunch of weird genres. Like, um, uh, I really like Eastern music and um, Mongolian music. Hmm. Actually, uh, do you want to hear something cool? Because, like, I, I have a fun, interesting talent that uh, people like hearing sometimes. Yeah. It's uh, throat singing. So before we get to that, I'm going to let my co-host read to you what Tuvan throat singing is. Tuvan throat singing, or Mongolian throat singing, is one particular variant of overtone singing practiced by people in Mongolia, Inner Mongolia, Tuva, and Siberia. In Mongolian throat singing, the performer produces a fundamental pitch and, simultaneously, one or more pitches over that. The history of Mongolian throat singing reaches far back. The open landscape of Mongolia allows for the sounds to carry a great distance. Are you gonna belt it? I'm a- <laughs> yeah, okay, here we go. Yeah, you should edit this in post and make it like a dubstep song or something, I don't know. I'm going to challenge you to put an effect on it or something. Singing. Yeah, you should edit this in post and make it like a dubstep song or something. I don't know. I'm gonna challenge you to put an effect on it or something. did you learn how to do that uh i was so fascinated by growing up in like high school um i was just like what like that's not what how do you even do that i just heard one of my friends do it one day uh he was like super into metal and stuff and so i started researching it and figured out that if you just practice enough you, you can train your false vocal cords to fight to vibrate like that Hmm. It's so, basically like the opposite of hardcore screaming where you're like, you know, like that sort of thing. Hmm. The thing that makes it the opposite of that is when you're, when you're metal screaming, you're making your false vocal cords, which are underneath your vocal cords are called your vestibular folds. You're hmm. making them f- slap each other. And, uh, hmm. and basically 
tube and throat singing is making them work together. Hmm. And is that why you get the two tones? Uh, no, actually the two tones is from your, the way your mouth is shaped. Um. So like when you talk, you're basically adding filters, like an EQ filter Mm. to your, to your voice. Yeah. And you're making certain harmonics come out and overtones and stuff like that. So when you move your mouth in a certain way, while you're letting that low end sound come out, you're also bringing out like a really high pitched one. It's basically just knowing all of the harmonics in your voice and being able to manipulate them freely. Mm -hmm. It takes a while just listening to yourself and knowing your voice. That's fucking wild, dude. Do you ever use that in your music? I haven't. I want to. I just, I haven't. Dude, you gotta. That's essential. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure out a really good thing to use it for at some point. I know I will. This song's called I Quit. It's by Stir Fry and Chaka. said on twitter but you said you will never stop making music and you were saying before that like you know you're you're doing music 24 7 where do you see yourself a little bit down the line i really want to go on tours i want to live on the road and play music uh travel and play music Mm -hmm. so i would hope to see myself playing like larger areas like casinos and festivals mainly uh, five or ten years down the road gotcha. in whatever capacity I can as long as I'm on stage um, but yeah I mean like being really successful with it is is definitely like my goal but even if I didn't ever reach that goal I still would be happy just doing my thing um, as long as I can make a living and be you know and, and have friends and I don't know yeah, just like uh, I'm not, I'm not incredibly worried about it, but I also do have like full full plans on what I'm going to be doing. Um, mainly like a lot of uh, monthlies in Nashville coming up soon, and then uh, I might be able to get. Uh, well, it's it's a lot of business stuff, but I, I I might have a couple breaks that might happen soon too. Uh, I'm just trying to make make music and. Um, cast as many nets out as I can, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. Do you have management? I don't really have management. I I do have a management when it comes to the show that I'm working on that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's sort of a separate thing from just stir fry. That's more me and my sister. That's like a whole, whole different deal. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still looking to, find uh people that can that can help me play larger venues and stuff like that you know i'm not 
I'm not the type. I'm not like incredibly good at talking to people, honestly. <laughs> Would you consider yourself more introverted? Uh, <laughs> I can be pretty extroverted. I'm just really bad at communicating just in general. Like it depends on my mood. Sometimes I'll still throw myself out there, but I, I <laughs> you know, I trip on my words a lot. I don't know, man. I feel like you're pretty well spoken just from this interview. You think? I appreciate that. That means a lot. Coming from somebody who talks to a lot of people. I mean, dude, I don't consider myself the best speaker. I say shit like, dude, that's dope. Or like, you know, like I sound like a surfer bro sometimes, but I don't think that that really matters. You should still try to communicate. And yeah, obviously, I, think it's, uh, I think it's just intuition. Like when you boil it super far down and that's, you know, if you have intuition about people and stuff then you can kind of understand them without hearing what they say it's weird too nowadays there's so many different forms of communication like twitch baffles me to an extent it's just like people (laughs) are watching people play video games people are watching people like make music that's actually something (laughs) that i think could be really cool i know that some people are doing the twitch streaming music stuff i've seen sober rob's stream a good bit of times oh he has one yeah sober rob has a live stream he uses it all the time um yo so before you go are there any things you want to plug things that are coming up plug i uh let's see i can plug the misc comp coming out it's a guest comp that's coming out in like half a month or so. I don't know, like a month. I don't actually know when it's coming out. <laughs> I should know this, but I don't. Um, it's coming soon. It's got tracks from Great Dane in it, uh, Jestic, um, a bunch of other really dope artists. Mystic Grizzly, I'm pretty sure, is going to be doing it. Um, Epis Cool and like, mm. I think Frequency might. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, couple people that you've interviewed i i know uh, are going to be on that and then plugging my album again comes out july 20th so be on the lookout for that what's the uh, name? name of that uh kitchen okay yeah so be on the lookout for that what else what else what else uh, i mean if you're in nashville see the thing is like most people listening to this are not going to be in nashville so like, <laughs> I there might be nashville some <laughs> say what i said there might be some yeah i mean I'm, I'm playing a show at rudy's jazz room july 7th with uh reggie and his band and a bunch of other really good artists. Um, I'll just plug like a bunch of names real quick, like Easy Baked and Mr. Grizzly, Leets. Uh, shout out Blooper. He's awesome. He just moved to uh, Eugene, Oregon. Be on the lookout for Blooper. He makes lo-fi. Um, my boy M. Elliot, who has made a lot of music with me, and he does not get the recognition that he deserves. He really doesn't. Um, M. Elliot. E-M-E-L-L-I-O-T-T. He's awesome. Um, 
Shout out to my mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I got it all in there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like once you hit mom, it's like, uh, all right, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, uh, you can edit through all my babble and make it a little bit more coherent. 